What's going on there, listeners of The Real Rejects? We are going to, right now, we are getting ready to watch the sixth episode of The Boys. And if you want to catch our reaction, that is up here. Uh, well, not up here. It's up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash The Real Rejects. And what we're going to do for you guys after we react to it is give you our review breakdown thoughts Ooh. on the episode immediately afterwards. But yeah, if you want to catch the actual you know, visual reaction. You can go up there on the channel, but yeah. And also thank you to Storyblocks for sponsoring this video. Let's see what's in store and see how our tone of voice changes afterwards. <laughs> Let's get to it. Wow. What an ending. Oh, Whoa. here I was thinking we were just going to get a cool orgy episode. <laughs> <laughs> Little did was, you know, the real orgy was the stories told along the way. That was such an intense episode. Holy yeah. crap! Yeah. Um. Damn. I don't think there's a post credits. <sighs> okay. Hey. Right, let's chitty chat. Let's chit chat. <laughs> well. 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 <laughs> I mean, where to begin? <laughs> No time to digest. Let's just, ch let's just chat. Um, but before that, wow, I got a lot of thoughts. Before that, a word from today's video sponsor. Thank you to Storyblocks for sponsoring this video. Being the cinematic artisans we obviously are, we are always in search of ways to make our videos look better, faster, and most of all, for cheap. Cheap is good. And if you're a content creator or filmmaker or anything in between, you're probably in a similar position. It's tough to get your content looking as good as it can be without breaking the bank or burning yourself out in the process, which is why I heavily encourage you guys to check out what Storyblocks has to offer. Cheap is good. Do you feel like this is their way of telling us that the videos could be looking better? Yes. Whether it's the credibility of an exotic establishing shot, the soothing comfort of the perfect music bed, or just the satisfaction of increasing your graphical capability. Storybox has an incredibly inclusive and diverse library of faces, places, sounds, titles, transitions, filters, and effects. And more. Over a million assets, royalty-free, and available for personal and commercial use with your membership. Sounds so affordable. <laughs> it is quite affordable. They have multiple subscription levels to suit your exact needs whether you're an independent indie solo creator or a whole team so if you want to learn more head on down to our link in the description box and get started that's at storyblocks.com rejects now back to the video thank you storyblocks it's definitely not getting monetized yeah. no matter how much we put it. It, nope. it ain't gonna happen man it ain't gonna happen so thank you storyblocks um thank you for supporting the channel like that anywho um where to begin? Where to begin? Uh, I guess with freaking uh, wow, what a thick episode! Uh, oh, first thing that comes no. to mind that Homelander fight was cool. Yeah, <laughs> yeah there you go. That's the first thing we're gonna talk about. I didn't think we would get there in this episode. Homelander versus Soldier Boy versus Huey versus Butcher. Um, I love the way that escalated, you know, first just Soldier Boy, then Homelander, then Butcher comes in, and then Huey comes in. Man, he couldn't activate, though. We still don't, we still don't have a good grasp of it and uh, of exactly how Soldier Boy's new power set works, but might have discharged a little too early, apparently. Seems like it needs to build up a little bit or needs the right music or something but when we visited Crimson Countess he was able to do it intentionally and he knows what he did so 
it seems like that there's two versions of that one is very intentional and the other one is the blackout version when he gets kind of lost like a winter soldier type of um mind experiment thingy and then he does it and he's just like he's even he's looking around and he's like what happened you know, I know, yeah. You know. <laughs> Blacked out. <laughs> yeah. Um, I like Jensen Ackles a lot. Mm-hmm. I think he's great as his character, you know. He's just teetering on the right line. Right line of that toxic masculinity. <laughs> that yeah. yeah. Traditional American, like just a guy plucked out of a time period. But what I what I think is cool of how they're doing it, because while there's a lot of the soups in this show are very like portrayed in a really nasty, messed up way, um, what you got with him is very different in the sense of he comes from a different time period where beliefs about people are very different <laughs> and that's what's applied here and he's being plucked out of there and put into this world and i like that they're leading into a lot of those things that are now considered very problematic ways of thinking and that's who he embodies because they they haven't directly portrayed him as a straight up you know direct villain even though at times he does some things and says some shit like when confronted with mother's milk about you know the family and he's like which family was that you know <laughs> like the way he kind of shrugs it off but he doesn't see he really seems like he doesn't unlike homelander who kind of embodies the whole thing of like i'm different than the human race i'm greater than he's got a godlike complex soldier boy really seems like he doesn't think he's a bad guy you know and, I, mm-hmm. and at least the, the way how jensen ackles portrays him i, I really appreciate um the way that's all done there's always like a tension in the room when he's around like mm-hmm. even when him and butcher interact i'm always afraid that like butcher's gonna say the wrong thing yes <laughs> take him yeah, off absolutely. it's gonna lead to some bad shit uh-huh. <laughs> so i i really think that what jensen ackles is doing is uh, is um excellent stuff and he and and just there is something truly delightful about seeing like the build-up of seeing soldier boy and homelander mm-hmm. sharing the screen together and you got two very different american ideologies on display yes. here um where you have like the one gruff and tough you know american hero and then you have like the clean cut cape wearing one yeah, yeah. um and it is uh in some ways like a i don't really know if i would kind of compare it to like a batman v superman or something like that <laughs> it's more of like a no it's just his own thing you know it's like you want to keep drawing the analogies because in some ways it is a little bit of like an iron man versus captain america i mean iron man versus yeah iron man versus cap and bucky it's probably the closest it is <laughs> it's probably yeah, it's probably yeah. close to a civil war fight as it is but in terms of like they're both not good people um but watching like the two time periods clash is is a fascinating thing i'm a jig well yeah it's like you got one who's overtly malicious and evil and the other one who has yeah some bad points of view and some bad you know antiquated attitudes and a certain uh, sense that he feels you know above everybody you know in terms of he's not really bothered when confronted with you know mm's past or or whatever else you know he's very kind of uh, uh you know, low. He's just very chill about that kind of stuff, but in a very different way. That yeah, doesn't read. It's like he has that menace, and I love the different shades that Jensen Ackles brings to him because it would be easy to skate by on just like, oh, he's Dean, he's back, and and we love seeing him. But mm-hmm. here, it's like he's got such a presence and such a sort of. He really does embody that sort of man out of time, all American quality, and he is a really fortunate, as much as there is like the obvious connections that got him into the door for this, there is like a really nice parallel to a Chris Evans type that he gets to mirror and play off of, and I think he is a 
a wonderful casting choice for this and i love watching like the scenes that he had with huey and then you know from from that all the way to you know the chaos and the mayhem you know it's been interesting to watch this uneasy alliance form especially because there is that quality where so many of the soups are just outright scummy in the worst way and this obviously is an uneasy bond or an uneasy partnership but there's something he brings to it where you're like well of all these people to be partnered with, he does seem like one of the, the least overtly horrible to deal with. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. Know, it's like you know the shoe has to drop, but at the same time you're like, well, I guess if we had to have one of these guys as an ally, this guy's as good as any. <laughs> Unfortunately. I don't know how they Mother's Milk thinks he could possibly take him down. It's like all his methods, and like he's just so blinded with vengeance. There's just not a chance in hell he has. And then there's nothing he's done at all. I'm like, maybe that'll work. <laughs> you know? I know. I, I almost wonder either there's something else, something to do with the guns that he's packing that aren't normal or or it's a death wish of his own of sort of like, I'm going to go out guns yeah. blazing. And then if, you know, probably likely <laughs> that's not going to do anything. So then I will, you know, be free of this pain and rejoin my family, basically. I really want to credit the writers. <sighs> And the director, uh, Nelson something, Neil, <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember who directed it, but I really want to credit um, the, the writers of this because they did a superb job this episode around. Mm -hmm. Like this was truly uh, intense and, and a Nelson Cra Krog, <laughs> is that Nelson Craig, Craig, um, they did a, a seriously, just a, a, an absolute wonderful job Yeah, because they, you know, when you're hearing Herogasm being built up, because I thought Herogasm might be, like, crazier. <laughs> I thought they would go even, like, way more, like, balls to the wall, a bunch of crazy superhero stuff. I mean, there's only so far you can go before you're just doing something that's, like, X-rated. Um, and and <laughs> well, you're, not even those boundaries matter anymore on streaming TV. It can, though. You, you can still kind of, it, it can go push to a certain point. I remember in the first season there was one time where they walk into the club and there is like kind of a taste of what a hero gasm could be like when yeah. you are seeing a bunch of superheroes at a club doing sexual activities and here you know it's like it's it's it is like feels like a full-on orgy uh but you know like they, they didn't they didn't go as far as i maybe a lot of us probably built up in our heads of where they can go with this um but i liked how it wasn't about that they didn't stop the episode to go, yeah. you know, which which they could have. Like a little bit of moments, but in the beginning, yeah, yeah, you have to. yeah. You set the scene, but yeah, it's 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 that thing of like we didn't really get too distracted from like the point of being there, and I feel like they could have taken five to ten minutes break just to go crazy with stuff. But at the same time, uh, yeah, I don't feel like I was slighted something no, no. by the way they handled it. So yeah, it's 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 funny. It's like it could have been more insane in some ways. You're like. This like a lot of orgy scenes I've seen, except for way more close-ups on certain. Yeah, and then a couple things. of power moments. Yeah, but I think what they did a great. I think the environment created a, a sense of uneasy tension. Yes, totally. And so I thought using herogasm as a way to create an unusual level of suspense mm -hmm. <laughs> um, was really cool. Like because it's such a vulnerable position to be in. It's an exclusive event. And, you know, like when Huey is walking around and you're like, oh, my God, how is this going to go down? You know, and like this is, is such an awkward 
moment for for violence and, and the the percolating suspense that you know soldier boys outside and he's waiting to go in there and you know murder a couple of people i thought was a, it was a really great groundwork to create a stage for some shit to go down mm-hmm. you know so i thought that actually made it more rewarding because yeah they had their fun more in the beginning when mm and starlight are first walking around uh <laughs> like how deep went immediately to the octopus <laughs> that's where he would go <laughs> you know you sick bastard man loves well, the heart sick, wants what it wants sick bastard you <laughs> sick bastard um yeah his wife's not going to be happy about that but i i thought this was just a very suspenseful episode like overall and and with some great drama you know the way they've been fleshing out starlight's journey of you know because i've been saying it since the trailers came out that this seems like it's breaking point season for every character here and i didn't really see that coming with starlight to this extent you know when she's uh talking with newman you know that's a very tension-filled scene as well like okay now this seems like the moment when newman is gonna partner up with starlight and the boys but no she doesn't go down that path either uh and then her her um it's like i like when they use sounds like a weird statement i like when they use the physicality of nudity to be a very vulnerable like an emotionally vulnerable position Mm. so like huey and starlight having a nude conversation out in the open where everything is coming out i think that's when a case of like oh it's kind of funny when you first see them there but really what's making it even more vulnerable and hit even harder is the fact that they are both exposed fully in that moment Mm. and uh I like I like the trajectory. I think they've done a really good job on handling. This is the most interesting. I think the romantic drama part of Huey and Starlight has been in quite some time. Definitely. So yeah, because so yeah, there's a lot of tension uh, to grab there. But freaking Homelander, why don't you? We haven't, we haven't touched on him yet. Why don't you talk about Homelander. everything he was going through here? Homelander with his Green Goblin self monologuing and everything. It, uh, it's been fun to watch him. Yeah, take the reins of Vought and then have to deal with all that and get that check back in to see how important it is that part of himself that still craves love and acceptance and that is still human. Because the further we get into Homelander as a character, and the more just unabashedly evil he becomes and the less he's afraid to hide these parts of himself you know it feels like we've gotten really far away from that aspect of the character and like you said breaking points this season I could see I mean he's already hinted at it but you really do wonder that whole thing with Maeve at the beginning of the season about you know release the tape if you do fine I'll just kill everybody like I was wondering how they would walk back from that and I think they've done an interesting job by giving him yeah all this status and all this responsibility Responsibilities and everyone else to look out for. And, you know, it's an interesting tension. You watch the scenes where he takes control, like on TV and stuff like that. But in this episode, you know, like uh, Ashley tells him off at one point, uh, even. Um, and no, she oh, doesn't. No, it's A Train, my bad. Uh, but doesn't, doesn't she. She tells off the TV host. She tells off the TV. I, th- I thought she said something kind of authoritative to Homer. I, I must be. No, she only told off the, she told off the TV host. But yeah, I mean, you just to watch him panic and to watch him sort of squirm and then to try and use these TV appearances as, you know, his sort of vie for power in everyone's eyes. And then to have all those things countered then later on in the episode with this physical convergence of all these people who are out to get me now, you know, it, yeah, yeah. it's a nice manifestation of 
you know, all the enemies he's made on this climb further and further past the sun, you know? Oh, yeah, I mean, I, I like the way they used, because it, it was kind of mysterious in how they painted uh, Homelander realizing that could be Soldier Boy in the last episode. Mm -hmm. And then to see what he's confronted with here, because everything about what Anthony Starr, along with the writers, does in this show is is so much of it's still the boy who was experimented on in this in this body uh this superhero superhuman body and i really appreciate that nugget that you know this is a interesting trigger for him because uh, soldier boy was his hero growing up yeah. and then uh to be confronted with the fact that he's back villainous he's now the leader of vaught like really, really the the leader of Vought, not just the seven. What this could do, image wise to him. What this does, psychological wise to him. What this does to Black Noir. You know, getting a bad like he has that moment. That's really funny, and I like when they bring those nuances in with the humor. You know, when he confides, when 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 uh, Homelander confides in, in Black Noir, says nothing, and then Homelander's like, "I'm so glad you're here. I want to do this without you." Like he literally does nothing. And then he feels abandoned by Black Noir. All bringing up those childhood feelings again within Homelander, I think, is they, they managed to construct a really strong character. Like, it's always been character-driven, but they kept it really character-driven in an episode that I think we all thought would just be balls to the walls, bonkers, and it wasn't that. It, 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 they had that, but it was so... played so much on character, you know? Like, you have Soldier Boy, who's... Um, just completely lost and he's he's in a world of like different belief systems now and, and what it means to be a man is what he's really focused on and then also feeling hurt and betrayed if everything with MM you know and I, I like the parallel that they did because in season two is when they were on the road is when Starlight's the first character to point out that he has OCD mm -hmm. and then back on the road here is when she finally gets the answer as to why he has OCD uh, with the traumatic memory of the night his uh, family was killed by Soldier Boy. I feel like there's something more to that story that we're just like that we're just not getting. I mean, I, I don't know. A Train. Yeah. Uh, I would be thoroughly satisfied if this is the episode he died in. I yeah. think this would be a great way to end this character. I don't know for sure if he's dead. I'm not going to be like, oh, what the fuck was that? <laughs> um, but you know, you you see the. That because that thing that Ashley says to him, like, yes, A Train makes good points about Black Hawk, Blue Hawk, Blue, Blue Hawk. I think it's Blue, Blue Hawk because Black yeah. Hawk is a DC character. So yeah. I don't think they could say that. Um, Blue Hawk with um, everything he's confronting Ashley about is true. However, what Ashley says to him is also very true that, okay, now that it's something is personally affecting him, suddenly it's a problem, you know, and that apology scene he has to Huey, it was, again, like what they used this episode for was to have everyone be so vulnerable. And he, his apology seemed really genuine to the point where it was confused Huey. I love the way they played that. Really great. And it's true, he never did apologize. And um, and uh, then when he does kill him, you know, I think that, I think just that would be a great, because it's not like he goes out as like, you know, a, a, a redemptive arc. But he did the things he felt were the right things to do. 
he actually finally took action for some yeah. motivation beyond his clout and his status in the seven. Yeah, because yeah, I don't feel like the show is telling me to forgive him for no. the for stuff, uh, but it, he actually did something right. <laughs> yeah. I know, yeah. <laughs> I, I wonder. I mean, it would be definitely a very striking death for him. I wonder if there's still a story to tell in terms of, you know, what happens when you really can't physically sustain your power anymore. Like, this seems like, even if it's not his physical death, this may be the death of A-Train and his abilities or something like that. Like, yeah, I could see it either way. I would be very you know, satisfied with this. But again, I, I feel like they're every time they give him a really good scene, I'm like, yeah, like let's do more of this. with a train. Well, I, I think they already kind of did some of that with a train when he couldn't run in the first season. I think what you're talking about though, is what they're sort of doing already with Kimiko of a character who's stripped of her powers and how does she adjust to life? Mm. I mean, you get a different story with a train. Yeah, a, a, a very different one, but they already they've already kind of explored that with season one. It's like a health thing, I guess. I guess because it's a health thing, and they they make that hmm. so specific. I wonder, but you're also right. Like there are other characters we can explore similar things with. I don't know, I'm curious. I'm curious I was. Uh, I think what this season has done more than any other season is put me on the edge that anyone could die. Mm -hmm. I was like, Huey could die in that scene right there if, if Soldier Boy manages to explode. Um. Uh, a train very well could be dead. I, at that moment, I was like, I don't think Kimiko's gonna die, but I feel like Frenchie's probably gonna die. <laughs> you know, I'm so worried I, for them. I love their scenes, but I'm so worried for them. I'm constantly worried Frenchie's gonna die this season. It just seems like it's headed that path. Uh, yeah, Starlight, even I'm like, they could kill Star. I really feel like they could just kill off anyone right now, other than like Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> now, especially with Starlight, now the gloves are off. Like, part of me wants to see that play out longer <laughs> but i i also uh, like this season feels really tight in the sense that like you get some really good emotion mixed up with some really good tight plotting and it, it feels like there's like they've maximized all the room and space that they're using and there's not really anything that drags or, or leaves you know like space that much so I do wonder because they're good at like hopping to the point. Like I'd never would have expected this episode necessarily to be the one where we actually get like some of the things you would expect like to be leading up to in a finale. Um, and so, yeah, I wonder if this season could end with her death or something like that. I think, well, I think the, the use of that fight, especially there's only like two episodes left, right? I think so. I think that fight in the finale, what I, what I think is, it does set the stage better because even though we got that that early then like episode eight what what they what it does well is it with homelander makes him um feel not invincible yeah he's you know? properly afraid now yeah he's truly shook up now because he's probably angry and shit <laughs> but it's not only has a mess with his psyche it's also now made him feel weak and that's the main thing he's honed in on is I am all powerful. Nothing and no one can hurt me. And come to think of it, after three seasons, this is the first time I've ever, uh, I can recall being like, damn, Homelander almost died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Homelander didn't get out of there. Somebody would have done something. Like that race. take three guys, but still, they got it done almost. Yeah, before no, no one, no one at all has been able to do it, you know? Um, 
yeah, I, I loved it. I loved it. And, and with Frenchie and Kimiko, um, yeah, that shit's so heartbreaking. I'm, I just, I'm just always, I'm so worried that Frenchie's always going to die. But, you know, like with Kimiko too, you know, it, it, there's, she blames her powers, but, um, what is it called? The Liberation Army? Where she yeah. was raised? She's got a fucked up upbringing. And it's like, there's, there's so much, I think so much of what this show explores is how the, the past of each of these characters, more than just Frenchie and Kimiko, everyone's past really haunts them. Mm -hmm. And especially with those two though, because they're the ones who, it's like Butcher has, everyone has, most of these people have a tragic past, undoubtedly. But I think with Butch, I think with Frenchie and Kimiko, they really play it like a tragedy. Whereas like Butcher's like, God, he's a badass, confident guy, says the C <laughs> word all the time. You know, it's well, funny. Because <laughs> Kimiko and Frenchie have something in the, in a different way than say Huey and Starlight, because they're differently positioned characters. It feels like Frenchie and Kimiko have the most fragile and the most like pertinent, current, right at the forefront situation that's yeah he could like you know he's mortal she's got powers but only so much and it really feels like they are the ones in the most vulnerable position yeah because butcher i mean yeah he's got his i mean he's a lone wolf with a team but you know he's got his own sort of inner things to deal with and yeah huey and starlight there's a whole other power dynamic there whereas you know kimiko and, and frenchy feel like they do exist on the street level yeah and are sort of yeah vulnerable especially to everything going on and especially because of their bond and that bond being so current and them both being in a similar position of you know not that this season they have to lay as low but still like you know they're, they're not uh in the easiest position out of everybody it seems like they're kind of the hardest uh, positioned in the boys core group anyway well i think out of them all especially in this season is that they're the ones who are they're the ones who most want to leave mm. and are the most taken advantage of yes. and used. Yeah. You know? It's like MM keeps making the choice to go back. Like, they make their choices and shit, but MM especially is a character who's constantly, you know, getting mad at Butcher and blaming him, but he keeps choosing to go back into all this. Mm. And I think he's doing a great job. I'm always... Always have mad respect for like the super buff actors who can like be super vulnerable on <laughs> yes. camera because a lot of times you're like, ah, you're hired because you're like a buff, charismatic guy. But you know, when you can be that grade A of an actor, I'm always like, hell yeah. I uh, love <laughs> very, all of his scenes. Very impressive. Yeah, he's, he's really likable. And I like the pairing of him and Starlight a lot. Like when that chemistry was really found yeah. in season two, I, see, I enjoy seeing it carried over here. I have no idea what's going to happen. It's been this whole season. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> you know? no, it's been a very thrilling ride that way. And uh, it's season, this this ending with Starlight is a game changer. Could be. Could could genuinely be a game changer. And it's knowing the trajectory of Vought. It's like, oh, you kill Starlight, then blame her in some way. Or Homelander just embraces the side of the people who truly embrace him. Because they keep pulling out words that are so Trumpy. You know, when he's yep. talking on stuff. Um, so uh, I appreciate that. And I, and I, and I want them to kind of lean into the corrupt side more of the, like the, the liberal side, the democratic side with uh, the Newman, who's obviously an AOC representative in a lot of ways. You know, not the not the same ethnicity, but it's so obvious that she's a play on that, you know. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I want to I want to see that, even though I like AOC. 
Uh-huh. Sorry forever I pissed off. Uh, oh, <laughs> but, but no. I did something I wanted some shitty side. Get woke, go broke, G. Get woke, go broke, the Met Gala. Ah. Um, yeah, this is a damn good show. This, this is, has been a great season. This has been a fantastic yeah. season, and I, I think it's been the most... Um, it hasn't been the funniest one, but it's been so emotional and taut. Uh, I, I love it. it. It is... Even the Herogasm episode was like not that funny, you know. Like there's I some know. laugh out, gross gags and shit, but it's not the funniest season. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even this episode I thought might be like the most funny one, but it really wasn't. <laughs> yeah, it's really precise. Like when they have humor, it lands, and they do a lot of other things that also land. And so yeah, I think it's it's nice when a show like this can do that, where it's not like uh, it's not as funny, so it's a little uncomfortable now or, or something like that. Like it still feels like the same world, but yeah. Just slightly less cause for humor. Yeah. Yeah. Even in your Herogasm episode, which is pretty shocking. All right, guys. Well, what did you think about this episode? Leave your thoughts down below. Thank you to all who followed us on Patreon. Thank you to Storyblocks for sponsoring this video. And last but not least, let's do a Patreon. Fox. Fox, we're shouting out on the boys because the boys only has one strong girl as a protagonist. Well, a few. You know, you can't star life. But I was thinking like Kimiko, and I, and I was like, who's this strong girl at our Patreon? Who could kick an ass? It's definitely Fox, because Fox is like, Fox is like a beast, people. Like a savage. Because, yeah, Fox is mean. Feral Relentless. Fox. Sinks her teeth into individuals. Rapid. It's morbid, just how... Horror vile of a human being you are. Just the violence. This is not going to be a complimentary shout out. You should be arrested. Your maybe thrown into an asylum or what something to prevent you from more what violent criminal activity. Dark abyss of your soul. <laughs> I really wanted to come in here and be like, you know, you're like, you, you sent us exercise equipment. And you're so physically strong and all these things. You have great enthusiasm. And somehow we went down this path, and I'm sorry. Your, or or, your how, or you know what? Thank, thank you for being part of our Patreon page for so long and still sticking with us and being so supportive. I don't know why we just didn't say that. I get uncomfortable when being honest, and then I say mean things. I'm sorry. It's not you. It's John. It's me. I don't know how to take sorry, responsibility Fox. for anything. It's okay. I did it. It's and that's John's fault. fault why I can't. Yeah. Well, I'm so sorry, guys. I'm going to figure this out. I'm going to make everything better.